If by any chance you did not download this episode in error, uh, you have chosen to listen to How to Do Everything. And if that's true, we want to recommend a great way to hear our show, and that's on the NPR One app. Even though you, you've apparently already found a satisfactory way. NPR One, it's kind of like Pandora for public radio. It's full of news and podcasts, including this show. Which is also available in the format uh, you're listening to right now. Uh, you've, you've already made your choice. Whenever you're ready to listen, NPR One has something great just for you. Find it on your app store, NPR One, O-N-E. And NPR, this is NASA with a voice check down the phone line. How do you copy? Uh, I Sorry, I forgot my line. <laughs> no worries. Nadia, is that you again? Yes. Okay, great. If, if you wouldn't mind standing by for just a moment, I'm going to get mission control on the line, and I'm going to ask you to count to 10 for mission control, and they're going to evaluate the quality of the line. Just one moment. All right. One, So two, we, we should jump in here. Three, what you're hearing, if it's not clear, four, is uh, our producer five, Nadia talking six, with Beth, uh, who's seven, an audio engineer eight, at NASA. Nine, what they're doing is they're getting a setup to talk to three astronauts who are currently on board the International Space Station. This is... Um, believe our longest distance call ever. And Nadia, your line is now certified for communications with space. Okay, so the voices you're going to be hearing are Tim Copra, he's the commander of the ISS, and flight engineers Tim Peake and Jeff Williams. Station, this is Houston. Are you ready for the event? We are ready for the event. National Public Radio, this is Mission Control Houston. Please call station for a voice check. Station, this is National Public Radio. How do you hear me? We hear you loud and clear. Good morning. Good morning. We're looking forward to talking to you today. Hey, what, what time is it right now where you guys are? You know, we work off of uh, Greenwich Mean Time, so it's you know, about 12.10. So it's uh, about lunchtime for us. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, images and video of what it's like up there. One thing I've always wondered, what does it smell like? You know, we have this ongoing discussion about how do you capture a smell in words, and so it's really difficult to say. You know, uh, you know, yesterday Tim uh, Peak was talking about how it smells sort of clinical. Um, it's really hard to describe, but, you know, in general, the air is very well processed, and so once you've been here for a while, you don't smell anything uh, to speak of. You know, Jeff just came the other day, and he said he had this uh, distinct memory of having been here before because of the smell of Space Station. Uh, when was the last time one of you guys sneezed? You know, I think I've sneezed, you know, a couple of days ago. How about you, Tim, recently? Yeah, you know, uh, up here, one of the things that can happen is you do actually get a bit uh, congested because maybe it's because of the in- in- increased intracranial pressure in the head and also dust floats in the atmosphere, unlike on Earth where all the dust gets sucked down to the floor because of gravity. So uh, we do sneeze on board the station occasionally. So when you sneeze, does that sneeze just blast uh, into the atmosphere of the space station and just hang there? You know, that goes back to the point that Tim made about us having a very good air system, air circulation system here. So uh, the airflow goes in a very definite direction with uh, uh, our extractor fans, and that cleans up the atmosphere for us. I wonder if you have moments where you're just doing the day-to-day things you do, shaving, eating, and it, uh, you suddenly remember where you are. You know, it's a very surreal environment in which to live because uh, part of it is just like every day you have to 
you know, get up in the morning and, and get ready, get cleaned up, have breakfast. Uh, but then every once in a while you realize that, hey, you know, it's completely different in some respects. Um, so I think, you know, part of the fact that it's, uh, it's so strange here is that it feels so normal just to, to live and, uh, and adapt to this uh, very interesting environment. Have you guys ever been walking around or, I guess, floating around in the space station and found something that shouldn't be there? Like, you know, when you're at home, you might see a spider in the corner or something like that. Does that ever happen when you're floating in space? Yeah, it does happen quite a bit because, obviously, you know, things do float around up here. We try and keep everything tidy and shipshape and uh, Velcro down. But, for example, the other day I was doing a recorded video message, and uh, it was about three minutes long. I was all, almost at the end. Everything was going well, and a battery just floated right right in front of me past the camera. Uh, so that, that kind of stuff can, can happen occasionally. Uh, but we try and keep everything uh, tidied down. The other thing that's interesting I noticed as well the other day was uh, something out the corner of my eye moving. And I, my first thought was it will be a fly or a mosquito or a bug. But, of course, you know, there are no insects up here, and, and it does take a while before you get used to that. There are no spiders, no bugs, no nothing. I wonder, do, do you have uh, traditions or rituals that um, you go through to try and stay connected with your friends and family on Earth? Yeah, we're very fortunate here on the space station. We have great communications with friends and family. We uh, have some phone lines, so, so uh, whenever we have uh, satellite coverage, we can actually call our friends and family and speak to them from the space station. And once a week, we get a video conference as well with our families, uh, which is great. You know, that, that's a really nice facility to have, and it helps keep us in touch with those back down on planet Earth. As technology has improved, though, and communication has become easier, do you ever wish that it was more difficult to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a little peace and quiet, huh? You know, I think it's actually a great balance. And, uh, you know, as technology improves, uh, we improve how we use it as well. So I think, you know, we strike a balance. And, uh, you know, we have a variety of ways to communicate both with friends and family and also with the ground. And uh, I think it works out well over time. I'm curious, when you're back on Earth and you're at a party and talking to people and people are talking about their jobs, if if you have to hold back, because I feel like once you say, oh, I'm, I'm an astronaut, uh, the conversation is destroyed. You, you are the coolest person in the room, and no one can really follow up. You know, it's a great observation, because, uh, I mean, I think we all consider this to be about the coolest job in the world. And uh, sometimes when, you know, you are at that cocktail party and, uh, and that comes out that, you know, this is our job, then it does really sort of change the topic completely. So... Um, it, you know, it's just something to, to work through. If you uh, really want to be the center of attention at a party, all you got to do is say what your job is, and it sort of steers the conversation. But uh, I think most of us just prefer to try to blend in and, and be part of the group. Would you ever go out in public wearing uh, a spacesuit just so you wouldn't have to tell people you were an astronaut? You know, that would definitely not my, be my preference. I, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of events where we go out in our blue suits. We know exactly what it's like to, uh, to go around and, and to put that on display. Well, thank you all so much, and, and thanks for the work you do. Thank you so much. You enjoyed the conversation, and uh, you all have a great day. Hey, Davey, what can we help you with? Davy, we should um, we should say is is on planet Earth. Well, um, my fellow collaborator and I are in the process of opening up a burrito shop, and uh, what we wanted to do is ask you guys uh, 
what do you think uh, makes a, a good name for a business and maybe if you could help us name our business. Well, tell me a little bit about what this burrito shop is going to be like. Well, uh, we are in a um, community here outside of Boston, and uh, we're trying to make a burrito shop that has really fresh ingredients. Um, we like the fact that, you know, uh, we're, we're using a lot of uh, American-made uh, products, uh, American-made um, equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, so we'd like to have something like that sort of maybe involved in it. Uh, some of our decor is going to be like flags and things like that. What's uh, what's one one or two names that you know you two brainstormed that that isn't working? Uh, well, we like the idea of our logo logo having somewhat of a, a maybe like an eagle on it or something, something somewhat patriotic. Okay. One of the names we came up with was Baldies. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but we're still not. We don't want to offend anyone with that name, you know. We do, we we definitely want um, bald people to come enjoy burritos too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll start from there, and we'll try and we'll try and give you some options. That's great. Thanks so much. So, Davey, we are going to help you out. Uh, online with us now is Anthea Kelsick. She's been on the show before. She was part of a team that helped name uh, what we believe is is maybe the greatest named website ever, Goop, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's website. So, Anthea, you heard Davey's question. Where would you start? So one of the ways to think about it is the sort of the origin or the the place of origin. So is there something around Boston we could think about? I mean, Boston is known as Bean Town, right? Oh, yeah. If we think about burritos and the key ingredient being beans, um, would you ever want to, should we go head over to Beans and get a burrito? Beans. I feel like we're like 30 seconds into this interview, and I feel like we may have cracked it. Uh, well, maybe. We'll see. Well, Anthea, thank you so much for helping out Davey. Sure. No problem. I hope I was of any help at all. So th- this is all good here, but uh, Davey, I think uh, Mike and I, we, we, can, we can pitch you some names. We're going to try this, Davey. Um, well, I know it's in Boston, and I know you want to have something patriotic. Um, I came up with uh, burrito Mussolini's. It's not not American patriotism, but it is patriotic. It's uh, for Italians. What about Ruth Bader Gin's burritos? I think this actually is perfect. Um, Hamilton people are crazy about Hamilton. Sure. Very patriotic. Aaron burritos. I think you could pay tribute to America's military might with a burrito shop called Guac and Awe. Tying it back again to to Boston's role in American history, how about a store, a burrito shop called The Burritos Are Coming. The Burritos Are Coming. I mean, one of the things that we deal with in America, so maybe not something we're proud of, but is uh, just unending bureaucracy. What about the Statue of Liber Beef? The Bite House? The Oval Orifice? Um, Joe Biden's? Right, Rice President Joe Biden? Brown Rice versus Board of Education? One of the greatest rulings? Oh. Martin, Martin Van Burrito? How many you got there? So many. now the part of our show where we'd like to take a minute and thank our sponsors. 
people they've actually paid for this this thanks yeah this is a they deserve this thanks um because of the money they gave us yeah, yeah this podcast and the following message are made possible by weebly you don't have to be a web designer or no code to create a fantastic website with weebly it's created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. You can choose from professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes, then simply drag and drop to quickly build and publish your site and update your site on any device. Get started for free at weebly.com everything. That's w-e-e-b-l-y dot com slash everything. But that's not all. It's not just Weebly. Support also comes from HBO Now, the new way to stream all of HBO. Every episode of every season of HBO's series, plus the biggest and latest movies before any other streaming service. And no TV package is required. Download the HBO Now app on your favorite device to start your 30-day free trial instantly. Never, never leave your home again. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I learned that the International Space Station kind of smells like a hospital. Yeah, that's not what I would have thought. I would have thought there'd be a little more uh, just organic. I mean, three guys, at least three guys, all living together, sharing the same space. It's not what you think of like a... I mean, it sounds kind of like a dorm. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can't you can't open a window. Or, or if you did open a window, uh, you, would, uh, you would die horribly. I mean, the... If you did that, the air would all get sucked out. So if there's any bad smells, they would go away right away. Yes, but um, you would you would then explode. Your face would melt off. You so, wouldn't smell anything. So there is there is a trade-off. You know, I was thinking about um, we we talked to the astronauts on the uh, ISS today. We talked to Davey, who's looking for a patriotic name for his burrito restaurant. Right. What do you think about? Um, Apollo 13. Yeah. Houston, we have a burrito. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our interns this week are Joey and Timothy. Joey and Timothy work together in the How to Do Everything clean room, um, making sure that all of our equipment is uh, free of free of dust and uh, fluids. You guys did really well. I know it, it was uh, pretty rough shape there for a little while. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. You can get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Well, that does it for this episode. It's over now, but I bet your ears are still hungry for more things to hear. You can fill that lonely void with NPR's Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. It's your guide to what's good in pop culture. Every week, Jesse Thorne interviews people like Elvis Costello, Elizabeth Banks, and Spike Lee about their creative work and lives. Find your new favorite TV shows, books, movies, and music, and gain new insights into the things you already love. Find Bullseye now at npr.org podcasts and on the NPR One app.